MACC. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We get to celebrate the truth that Christ is enough. He's our all in all. And we're invited into relationship with him.
for the truth of those lyrics, God, for every single one of them, Lord, behold, behold your righteousness, God. Holy, 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 Lord, in every season, um, in every generation, God, no matter what is happening, Lord, you're worthy. And God, I thank you for the truth that you say, seek first the kingdom of God and all else will fall into place. And Lord, when we trust you with our lives, when we trust you with our health, when we trust you with every part of us, God, everything else falls into place. Lord, we pray for those who are in pain, God. We pray for those who are hurting, God. We pray for the injustice in the world, Lord. Um, Lord, we grieve with our brothers and sisters, God. We grieve just as creation isn't groaning, God. We grieve, Lord. And Lord, we just come before you. God, we thank you that you are not a God who is distant, but you are a God of the brokenhearted, Lord. That you feel the pain of what is going on, Lord, and you hear the cries. And Lord, we pray for healing, Lord. We pray that you will break our hearts for what breaks our breaks yours, Lord. That we will not be numb, God, but that we will be willing to be broken. That we will be open to listening to the Spirit for what you would put on our hearts, God. What things you're calling us to do, how you want for us to use our time, talents, and resources, God, for your glory and to bring your kingdom here on earth, Lord. You're holy, you're good, and we trust you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning on this Sunday morning. We hope, I hope, and pray that you are doing well. Family and friends, neighbors, everyone, those of you tuning in this morning, uh, I pray that God is working in your life and blessing you and helping you grow in your faith as we study together and work together. Uh, well, we're here, we're here, and, and this is the first Sunday that we've been able to come back together with some people and uh, begin to move towards some kind of normal-ness, uh, and uh, uh, we're not all here, but, uh, but there's, it's a good beginning as we begin to come back as people. It's one thing to see each other on the internet or on your Zoom meetings. It's another thing to be able to come together. And even though we have to distance fellowship, it's still a step in the right direction. Well, the world, as you and I know, it is in chaos. First the virus, now this, uh, the rioting and, and the, all the, the chaos that's going on in cities all across the world and the responses to that and, and all that is happening, the turmoil is just insane. And so there's only one thing that we should do, and, and you and I know what that is, and that is turn to God. Uh, in times like these, what we need to do more than anything else is just bow our heads and cry out to God with an outcry. There's a lot of outcries going on out there right now. The one outcry that is going to get the most impact is our outcry to God to say God heal our land God help us God help us love each other the way that you love us and uh, if we would do that this world would be a better place so would you bow with me and let's pray together as we begin our time today father we love you we give you thanks we need you we need you God we need you to step in to our world we need you to step into our cities and our states and our communities and our homes and even into our lives God into our very souls God we need you so much right now you know everything that is going on better than anyone else could possibly know 
And so, Father, we pray that you would bring, begin to, to move in our lives, help us to, to have attitudes and to do things, action things that will, that will help move this country and our neighborhoods back to loving you and loving one another. God, we need you so much right now. And I pray that you would, you would be with the leaders of our land, that you would be with the leaders of our states, our governors, and, and our, our, um, our Father, all those that are in authority, our president, God, and, and, um, and, and all those representatives that represent each of our states. God, we pray that you would work in their hearts, that this wouldn't be about our agenda, but it would be about what you want, God, for this world. And we pray that you, would, that you would bring peace, that your spirit would hover over the earth again in a powerful way, and that you would draw hearts to you. Father, begin with us, draw us to you, and then use us to help others come to know you as well. We love you, and we need you. And we just cry out, God, to you, because you're the only one that we can turn to. And we love you, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for, um, for taking those moments with me right now and praying together. And I would encourage you to continue to, to do that. Continue to pray. Continue to seek God. Okay? So today is Comeback Sunday. And, and what that means is we're, we're coming back together. We're coming back together in a, in a way that we haven't been able to in a lot of, uh, a lot of weeks uh, many places of worship are beginning to come back last week and this week, and they're starting to that journey back together as a body to grow together. Not that this building is the church, but that us coming together as people in the name of Jesus, we are the church. We are the body of Christ, as Dan would say, the ecclesia. We are the called out ones of God. And, and so it's good to be able to come back. We begin today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for staying safe. And then thank you, uh, our church, BCC, and, and other churches around uh, the nation. Thank you for working with your leaders of your church as we practice like good, healthy habits, things that will will uh, will keep each of us safe. You know, that we're, we're not necessarily doing it for me or what I think or my agenda or how I think things should happen, but we're doing it for the good of the community, for the neighbors, for each of us. And so thank you for doing that. Thank you for caring and loving each other and doing that. I got a few uh, shout outs that I want to give out today uh, real quick. First of all, Sponge Outlet. I'm sorry if you don't see these slides very well on the TV. They hardly ever come out real good. But um, Sponge Outlet, big shout out to you guys. Thank you for the, um, the hand sanitizers. We're giving those out to everyone that comes with uh, here today to worship with us. And uh, we've got little bottles of those that we're handing out. And, and so thank you guys for that. Um, also want to uh, thank Rich and the team for uh, working out the, the, the details and the plans for BCC and us coming back together. And want to thank our elders here at BCC for their leadership during these months uh, of time and the communication and the planning and the thinking and the praying and the meeting together on Zoom and FaceTime and uh, using technology to try to stay on in front of what's coming up. But also a couple, a couple uh, shout outs to our graduates uh, today that are graduating from high school. It's Everyone knows their, their high school and college graduations 
are going to be unlike everyone else's that has ever lived on the planet. Different than mine, different than yours. Uh, but a big shout out to Logan. I know you probably can't even read this. Uh, Logan Kirby, uh, he has graduated from high school this year. Good job, Logan. We're proud of you. And also, Stephen Grouse, we are proud of you as well, Stephen. Big shout out to you graduating high school uh, this year, you guys. You did it. And uh, from your BCC family, we are uh, we're so proud of you and we're, we're grateful for what God is doing in your life and what you're going to go off and do in the future. So kudos to you. Also, uh, just a reminder, Wednesday nights we are live on Zoom. So join us. If you want the link, let us know. We'll get you the link. And uh, you can join us for Bible study. Lasts about 45 minutes. And we get to see each other's face and uh, get to spend some time together. So join us for that. As, as crazy as it has been in these months, you know, uh, can you imagine what life would have been like if we didn't have technology? Like if we didn't have cell phones and be able to see faces and FaceTime our kids and our grandkids who live in different places around the country, uh, we would have been like feeling like we were like back in the Stone Age, right? Uh, so thank the Lord for the ability to use technology to see each other and to be able to communicate together. Well, it is Comeback Sunday, and, and I want to talk about that, okay? I want to talk about comebacks. All through time, there have been many, many, many great, great, great comebacks in, in the world, but, but especially in football, right? Or not football, but in sports. And so some of the greatest comebacks have come, like, in soccer. And, you know, great comebacks in soccer. If you follow soccer, uh, you probably can remember some of the greatest comebacks that have happened. Maybe even in boxing, you remember some of the greatest comebacks ever in boxing. Or uh, Tiger Woods, the greatest comeback story, uh, where he was out for so long, comes back, and... And, and Tiger's winning majors again. Uh, what an amazing story of a comeback. And uh, who could forget the greatest comeback in NFL history? The AFC wildcard, the Buffalo Bills, my boys, against uh, the Houston Oilers at the time. We were down, Buffalo was down 35-3 to in the third quarter. Get that, 35-3 to in the third quarter. And Buffalo comes back to win 41-38. to the greatest comeback in, in sports, in, in sports history, in, in our imagination, right, uh, Buffalo fans? Uh, but definitely in, in, in NFL history, one of the greatest comebacks ever. And in horse racing, we, we read about the greatest comebacks that have ever happened before. Civilizations have fallen and risen again all through time, all the way back to the beginning of time. And uh, the um, empires, the Persian Empire, the Roman Empire, different empires have fallen and, and that were built, were destroyed only to rise again. Somebody once said that that's the greatest comeback since Lazarus. Somebody uh, made that statement once and it's kind of stuck. And what they were saying was that that, that comeback was, was like epic. It was huge. It was a huge comeback. I mean, you think about Lazarus coming back from the dead. That's huge, right? doesn't just happen every day. That's just not normal for that kind of thing to happen. Like, that's the greatest comeback since Lazarus. Like, Lazarus's comeback was powerful. If you remember that comeback, it's in the book of John, John's Gospel, chapter 11. You can read about that. I want to just highlight a few things about the story because uh, I want to get into this idea of coming back. Well, Lazarus, remember Lazarus, he died, and he has two sisters, uh, Mary and Martha, and they live in, 
and Bethany. Okay, they live in Bethany. And his sisters, Mary, not, not uh, Jesus' mother Mary, but a different Mary. And his other sister, Martha, are in the, they're in the scriptures, they're in the New Testament. You can read about different ways that they interacted with Jesus throughout time. But, but Lazarus is dead, and Jesus is away, and he stays away a little longer. And then after four days, Jesus comes to Bethany to, to see what's going on. Now, Lazarus is dead but Jesus keeps saying he's only asleep, okay? He's not dead, he's just sleeping. And so Jesus is thinking about Lazarus in a grave in a way that you and I don't think about that. When somebody goes in a grave, we, we just say they're dead. Jesus sees beyond the grave. And so Jesus says he's not dead, he's just asleep. And so he arrives in Bethany with the disciples. Martha comes out and she has this, this discussion with him. And uh, they talk about, they're talking about uh, Lazarus and they're talking about if Jesus had been there, how things might have been different. And Jesus is trying to comfort her. He's trying to comfort uh, Martha and, and, and try to reassure her that, that even though Lazarus appears to be dead, there is hope to come. And so then Mary comes out, and Mary comes out, and Jesus, again, is uh, comforting both of them, and he's talking to them. But in, in, in John chapter 11, beginning in verse 38, here's what the scripture says. Jesus, once more uh, deeply moved, came to the tomb, and it was a great, it was a cave with a with a stone laid across the entrance, kind of like we picture Jesus' tomb, tomb with a big stone in front of it. And uh, he says, Take away the stone. But Lord said, uh, Martha, the sister of the dead man, Lazarus' sister, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Key word here for you and me is believe. If you believe, and you tie that to the word comeback, if you believe in God, if you trust Jesus, you will see great things. Here's what he says. So they took away the stone, then Jesus looked up and he said, Father, I thank you. This is Jesus praying. He's thanking his Father that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. That's really all that Jesus wants for you and me, is that we would just trust and believe that he is exactly who he said he was, that he is the one that the Father has sent, that Jesus even prays that these people, even you and I, would simply just believe that he is who he says he is. Verse 43, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped in strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the, the grave clothes and let him go. Let him go. Isn't that powerful? Jesus demonstrates in this one instance that he has the power to provide to anyone the greatest comeback 
of your life, ever, 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 no matter what it is you're going through, no matter what it is the world is going through, if we will believe, if we will turn to God, if we will trust in Jesus, we will see as a nation, as a world, and as individuals, we will see the greatest comeback you will ever see and be a part of and experience and witness and get to experience in your life, ever. Israel, God's people, all through time have been knocked down They've been crushed by surrounding forces. They have been dragged off as slaves. They have wandered in the desert. They have been persecuted. They have been beaten. They have been stoned, sawed in half, burned at the stake, and left for dead. And yet, here we are. Here we are as God's people, still going strong. And for that, I say to you, I hope you can see this. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He specializes in the comeback story. Not just for the world out there, but for you and for me. He specializes in the comeback story. So I want to share with you some things, uh, some things about comebacks, okay? Things about comebacks. Here they go. Here you go. Number one. Thing, a thing, the thing about comeback is this. Number one, they don't happen to those who are on top, okay? Comebacks don't happen to people who are on top. They, they happen to those who are down and out. They are at the bottom, they are at their last breath, and they have nowhere to go, they have nowhere to turn, they can only cry out to God. See, people who have it all together don't need a comeback. They are, in their minds, large and in charge. They don't need God. They don't need a comeback. They don't need anyone else. I've got this. They are, according to their own thinking, good to go. They think that they're good. They don't need help. And yet they've been deceived into buying into the lie. Right? Right? They don't happen to those who are on top. Comebacks don't. Pharaoh, Pharaoh didn't need a comeback, right? He didn't need a comeback. But Moses and Israel, the people that were in bondage, they did. Nebuchadnezzar, he didn't need the comeback. But Daniel did. Jericho didn't need the comeback, but Joshua and Israel did. Saul didn't need it, but Stephen did. The crowd didn't need it, but the woman with the issue of blood, she did. The crowd didn't need it, but the blind man begging at the gate, he did. The crowd didn't need it, but the woman that was caught in adultery, she did. The crowd didn't need it, but the lame man did. The crowd didn't need it, but Zacchaeus, up in that little tree, he did. See, all through scriptures and in so many more verses that we can point out, there are those who don't think they need the comeback, and there are those who cry out because they know they do. Which leads us to our second point, which is this. When it comes to a great comeback, to, to the big comebacks, they usually require 
supernatural input or supernatural power, right? People get down and people get out because they either fail or life has knocked the crud out of them. The devil is beating the tar out of them, which is what we're seeing going on in our world right now. Right? That's why they get down. But either way, whether it's your own failure or others have beat it out of you or you were just born into a really tough situation and never had a chance, either way, it was more than they could handle. And now they are down looking up, which, by the way, is the best place that you can be. <laughs> because great comebacks only happen when there's a great need for a great comeback. And so when you're down and out, thank the Lord that you're down and out. The reason that more people don't experience God in the mighty power of his hand is because they haven't had a reason to look up. In their mind, they think they've got it all together. The world has dealt them great cards. They have been handed things, and, and life is good for them. They don't have a reason to look up. But thank the Lord for the trials in your life. Thank God for that, because in your weakness, he is made strong, right? In our humanness, God shines brighter. Hardship. Hardship and trials are a blessing in disguise. Don't ever forget that. I know it's hard to, to be thankful when bad things happen. But when bad things happen, it means that your comeback is on its way if you'll stay close to God, believe and trust, and keep walking with Him. And so there are things to look for. There's things to look for in your comeback. And here you go. Number one, first thing to look, back, look for in your comeback is this. God is making you strong. God is making you stronger. He is building in you a mighty man or a mighty woman of God, a warrior, one who is strengthened and, and by the fire of the world around them. Right, Your spiritual muscles are getting a workout, and God is making you stronger. James, James 1 said it like this. Consider it. Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. See, God has already spoken to us about this kind of comeback story through James. And he said, look, when the trials come, consider pure joy because you can look forward to what's coming ahead and what God is going to do in the midst of it. Pure joy in the midst of your trials. They are maturing you. They are growing you. God is using them to make you stronger. Second thing is this. The thing to watch for in your comeback is this. Number two, God is working all things for your good. Everything that is happening to you, good and bad or, or whatever, it all has a place and it all has a purpose in your transformation, becoming more and more like Jesus. Like if you're believing and you're trusting and you're walking with God, then everything will have its place in chipping away and building you up and adding pieces and God is strengthening you and he's using it all for your good. Romans chapter eight, Paul said it like this, and we know that in all things, in everything, good and bad, 
God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So there's a key here. Just like the key earlier was believe. If you believe, you'll never die, Jesus said to Martha and Mary. Here, Paul says, if you love God, if you love God, if you're striving to honor God, then it is all for good because your outlook, your worldview now, is that God is using everything for my good. Right? And no matter what happens to, in the world, whatever happens in your community or your city or your own home, your own life, God is working all of it for your good. Here's the third thing. The thing to watch for in your comeback is this. Number three, God is going to bring you to the other side. Now, I don't know, you know, for most of us, the, the, the greatest obstacle that life could ever throw at us would be like a, a disease or a sickness that leads to death, right? Death. Death, for most of humanity, death is like the final obstacle, right? You know, other things could happen to us and we... We'll rebound, we'll recover. We get a back surgery, we get a neck surgery, we get a leg surgery, we can have an arm amputated. We can come back from just about anything that life throws at us because we're, we're built like that. But death, that seems more final than anything else, right? Death is like that wall, that wall that is before us that it seems like it would be impossible for us to get through. And yet, in our story in John 11 with Lazarus, the greatest comeback of all time, in John 11, verse 25, Jesus said to, to her, he said this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he said to her, do you believe this? See, the key again, believing in Jesus. Lining up your life that corresponds with the fact that you believe in Jesus. That means you live a life to honor God. You don't say you believe in Jesus and you go do other things that are not in line with honoring God. When you say you believe in Jesus and you line your life up with honoring God with everything about you and who you are and why you live and your purpose and what you seek and what you're chasing after in this world and you believe and you love and you trust the Lord, Jesus said you will never die. In other words, the grave is not the end for you. What the grave is, is this cool passageway to the greatest comeback of your life. You may experience other comebacks along life's trail, but the greatest comeback that you and I will ever experience is the comeback that we have when we die and we come back to life in Christ for all of eternity. That's the greatest comeback. Nothing in this world, nothing in this world will ever compare to the comeback that Lazarus got to experience like one of us, and that Jesus experienced when he died and was buried and rose again and, and went back to heaven, ascended back into heaven, alive again. Amazing. It's a miracle. It's supernatural. And only God can do it. And only in our faith and our belief and our trust in him will it ever happen for you or for me. You must believe. As we wrap this up, 
want to give you just a word of awareness, right? Another word of awareness that I felt like God was saying, like, this is important for our comeback. This is important for us to understand when we think about our comeback as a nation, as a church, as you, a family, as you come back and we get back into some kind of normality. But here, here's a, just a word of awareness. Be careful as you march through your comeback that just because like there's the finish line and there's the end zone and there's the light at the end of the tunnel, be careful, be careful, be aware, stay alert. Don't let the hope at the end of the tunnel you're looking at down there, don't let it blind you from what else could possibly happen. And here's two things that will happen. Awareness is this, number one, a comeback is just the beginning. Just keep that in mind, a comeback isn't the end. When you come back, it's not like you've arrived and you're there. That's not what the comeback is. The comeback is just the beginning. The road will be long. It will be long and there'll be a lot of things on it, like being born again, like giving your life to Jesus for the first time and you give your life to him and you're born again. You're like a new creature, a new creature in Christ, a new creation, and you are beginning a walk with God. It's just the beginning. There's a long road ahead of you. It's a new birth. And, and, a, and a comeback. Remember, the comeback is just the beginning. So just keep that in mind. That there's going to be a road to run. There's going to be endurance needed and strength that you're going to need to call on God and cry out to God along the way. It's just the beginning. And the second thing this is to be aware, aware of is this. With every comeback, there is always a setback. With every comeback, there is always a setback. The world, the world right now is going through this. We are going through this. We were moving so well through this COVID. We were beginning to open up. We were beginning to go ahead and, 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 and go places that we want to go. And then, and then the world, or at least America, the U.S., we got hit with this, this race issue. And, and it's caused rioting and havoc. And so in the middle of our comeback, we've had a great big setback. It's like we've been hit and we've been hit again. See, setbacks are simply part of the comeback. And they come in different forms. And, and we never know how it's going to hit us or what, what corner it's going to come around. But the encouragement that I have for you is this, fight through it. Just keep fighting through it. Keep working to honor God. Keep working and believing in God. Keep working and loving the Lord. Keep working on knowing his word and living it out in your life. Do that, and your comeback will be great. See, there are a lot of great comeback stories in this world that have happened and that are going to happen. And here's the cool thing. Yours is being written as we speak. Our comeback is being written right now. It's happening right now, every day we live. We are, we are moving through our comeback. What I wanna encourage you to do is go make it great. Go make your comeback great. Make it great by first turning to God and loving the Lord. Begin with your relationship with Jesus. Start right there. Grow in your faith. Keep moving forward and grow in your faith. Repent from sin and from bad attitudes and from bad ways and from the way we treat each other sometimes. That needs to stop. Repent and turn to God. If you've never been immersed or baptized into Christ, do that. 
Be obedient to Christ and just be immersed into him. Repent and be baptized. That's what Peter said to the crowd on the day of Pentecost when they said, how do we come back to God? What must we do to turn back to God? And he said, repent and be baptized. That's part of believing in who Jesus is. It's part of coming into a relationship with him. If you've never done that with your life, if you need help with that, call me, text me, look me up on our website. Hey, get a hold of me. I would love to help you do that, discover what that's like. God, God would be honored in you and I turning to him today, saying, God, I need you. I've never given my life to you, and I want to do that right now. And so if you've never done that, I, I'm going to encourage you to just do that. As, as I wrap this up and I close with a word of prayer, I'm going to ask you guys who have never given your life to Christ, you, you, you don't really even kind of know what that's about maybe, I'm going to ask you just from your heart, in your own heart, in your own mind, and with your own words, even quietly, to cry out to God, Father, we turn to you, Lord, because you are God. You are God of all creation, and you are mighty and powerful and awesome, and there will be no great comeback without your hand involved. And I pray, God, right now for our nation, for this world, for each of our cities and our communities, that there would be, that there would be some sense of peace fall upon it, that your spirit, who has the power to change lives, would, would grab hold of hearts and change hearts tonight right now, today, God, that you would have your way in our lives and that we as individuals would cry out to you and say, Jesus, we love you. And Jesus, we believe. And Jesus, we need you in, in our lives to grow us and help us to become mature, spiritually strong in you, Father. We love you and we look forward to our comeback. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you want help with your relationship with Jesus, please look me up. I'd love to help you with that. I'll talk to you, I'll text you, I'll email you, I'll Zoom with you, whatever it takes, okay? I'd love to do that. God bless, have a great day, and be safe.